Support for America Made Easy and the following message come from Nuable Levitas, the transatlantic joint venture supporting ambitious SMEs was setting up in the United States. We help make entrepreneurs' lives easier by providing an operational solution for their U.S. expansion strategies so they can focus on driving revenue and doing what they got into business to do in the first place. Hello and welcome to the America Made Easy podcast, the bi-weekly show where we help international SMEs tackle the complexity of setting up and growing their business in the American market. Today, I am joined by Andrew Miller, the Director of Accounting Services at Avitas Group. Andrew has a background in consulting, having served as an auditor at KPMG, where he specialized in U.S. GAAP financial reporting, IFRS and SEC reporting compliance, and nonprofit and technical accounting. He has worked as a controller and CFO across a variety of industries over the past decade, running accounting departments and focusing on everything from mergers and acquisitions to software system conversions. Andrew received his accounting degree from Montana State University and resides in Billings, Montana with his wife and two daughters. Well, good morning, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us on the America Made Easy podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. What's, uh, you're calling in for our listeners' perspective from Billings, Montana. Uh, what's the weather looking like there this morning? Oh, it's beautiful. I think it's probably uh, close to 30 degrees, so it's uh, Fahrenheit, which is great. And uh, just a nice uh, winter day with some sunshine. Snow on the ground? Uh, not not much. Maybe just in some shady spots. It's, uh, it's mostly melted, so that's good. Roads are dry. Well, well, no surprise here. I'm calling in from a very rainy and windy London at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, so our version of winter here, at least. That's right. <laughs> um, but so we're glad that you could uh, enter in with our conversation here on how to help ease the transition into the American market for some of our SME listeners across um, the UK and, and elsewhere that are really trying to think about some of these operational issues to streamline their U.S. growth with. Uh, and, of course, one of those topics uh, is accounting. It's, it's uh, one of those basic things that every company is going to have to deal with, one of those not very much fun but uh, administrative aspects of business that are, are essential to have in place. And so we're very glad to have you um, joining us today to, to dive into this topic and share some of your expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think accounting is pretty exciting, but uh, maybe I'm, that's just my perspective. <laughs> but no, hopefully, course, hopefully we don't yeah, make anybody fall asleep this today. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll manage. Uh, but maybe to kind of kick us off and, and get us started, uh, I'd be curious if you could, you know, for the, for the novices out there, we probably have some, some folks that are listening that are coming from a, you know, maybe they're setting in a director of finance role or accounting. Others might be more on the business development or strategy side, um, you know, depending on the, the team that the, these prospective companies have in place to help drive this growth forward. Um, but I think it's worth covering what are the major differences between the accounting practices in the U.S. and the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question and a good place to start. Uh, so, you know, the big thing is that the standards that uh, provide the guidance for how to how to uh, keep track of all of your accounting records uh, in the United States, uh, the standards are U.S. GAAP, which is generally accepted accounting principles. 
for most of the rest of the countries in the world, it's under IFRS, which is International Financial Reporting Standards. Um, I think there's about a little over 100 countries that have adopted IFRS. Uh, so we kind of stand alone in that regard with GAAP versus IFRS. Um, so GAAP is governed by the Financial Accounting Standards Board, and uh, IFRS is governed by the International Accounting Standards Board. Uh, you know, the big, the big way to look at it from a big picture perspective is uh, GAAP is very rules-based, and uh, IFRS is, is very principles-based. And so kind of what that means is there's, there's a stack of literature and guidance and rules that, that govern what you do under U.S. GAAP. And I think if you were to compile it all together on pieces of paper and stack it up, it's, it's stories and stories tall. Uh, whereas, <laughs> whereas, the yeah, whereas the literature and guidance related to IFRS is, is much more uh, concise. Uh, and again, it's it's really principles based. It really tries to look and 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 see w logically what are we doing here, and and how should we record this transaction? And uh, U.S. GAAP just really kind of gets into the weeds on everything, and uh, has tried to uh, decode exactly any kind of transaction that can occur, and and put a rule around it, and tell you how to record it. Um, so you know, mm -hmm. there's there's pros and cons to each, but you know, I think uh, in general the the SEC, which is the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the United States for um, for public companies and reporting additional reporting for public companies here in the states, um, they they're in favor of IFRS and they they would like to move to some more international standards of accounting, which just makes it uh, makes your financial statements more comparable between businesses that operate in various countries. Uh, but, you know, there's just been some reluctance over the years. I mean, I, I recall go, going through the CPA exam when I started off in public accounting straight out of college, uh, you know, almost 15 years ago, talking about this big merger between U.S. GAAP and IFRS. Uh, and it's, it's just a really slow process. It's, it's, it's expensive to uh, switch the way you do your accounting methods. So it's, it's just a slow process. But uh, I think the two continue to move towards each other. <laughs> Um, but, you know, in, in, to get into some of the more granular level items, um, you know, there's, there's some items such as inventory and how you account for inventory that has a big difference uh, between GAAP and, and IFRS. Uh, for example, uh, under IFRS, you can't use a method called LIFO, which is last in, first out. Uh, just some, some things like that, revenue recognition. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of different ways that transactions are accounted for that, that differ between the two. Mm -hmm. And and given, um, as you said, we shouldn't hold our breath that this uh, great merger of the two systems is going to happen anytime soon. Um, could you maybe speak to, you know, so maybe some of the obstacles that international firms might encounter if they don't make adjustments to their accounting practices, they don't properly educate themselves or their team about the differences in financial reporting? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just to, to give some perspective, the, the U.S. I think is currently ranked right around 49th for, in the world for, for ease of starting a business. Um, and I think that that's uh, in accordance with the International Finance Corporation. And basically, that's just saying it's complex. There's a lot of complexities here in the mm -hmm. States. Um, you know, there, 
what you need to do is you really need to set up your accounting practices and procedures to ensure that you're you're properly recording your transactions um, and that you know really to in the need for that is so that you're ensuring compliance with all the different rules and regulations that we have here in the states I mean uh, there's there's 50 different states each one of them has their own rules when it comes to things such as you know property tax sales tax income tax um, and they have different reporting deadlines. And uh, so it's just, it's really important to ensure you're setting up your, uh, your accounting so that you can uh, meet those demands and those different regulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, an important difference you've alluded to. And we'll have another episode where we do a deeper dive on, on tax. But I think, um, you know, a lot of our international listeners here, having this you know, federal system in the U.S. where you have all of these different practices and reporting timelines and, um, you know, different reporting jurisdictions, in this case, 50 states, adds so much complexity to what is already quite a complex decision and plan um, and going to the U.S. in the first place. So it's important that they think about um, even the aspects of accounting that they need to prepare for. Yep, Absolutely. I wonder if you could, you know, talk a little bit, break down for us in terms of, you know, what does an international firm need to consider when setting up a U.S. chart of, a, of accounts? Could you kind of give us some insights uh, specifically when going through that process? Yeah, definitely. So typically, uh, the structure of your accounts is is going to vary uh, based on the line of business that you're in. But uh, definitely, when you come into the United States, uh, usually your chart of accounts looks quite a bit different than you might have for an international company. Uh, and most of it has to do with just the presentation of the, you know, your financials, your end output, uh, in addition to uh, just your, your trial balance and your, your account structure. I mean, uh, just a quick example would be, you know, typically here in the U.S., uh, you'd have cash as, as some of your first accounts. And, uh, you know, and that, that gets reflected on the balance sheet first, uh, whereas typically in, in international reporting standards, uh, cash is towards the bottom of a balance sheet. So it's it's one of your latter accounts, uh, just in your account structure and the, the naming and numbering convention that, that one might use to set up those accounts. Uh, so really, it's just it's figuring out what's the structure of your, your financial reporting going to look like, and then making sure you set up those accounts kind of in that order just makes it more logical and, and, and flows better to the financials. Uh, you know, in addition, you do have quite a bit, bit of difference between some of the accounts used in international reporting uh, versus here in the States. Uh, most of them are similar, but, uh, but some of the reporting requirements are different. And so you try to reflect your accounts to, to uh, compensate for that. And, and as you said, uh, varying according to industry. I mean, what type of challenges do you see international firms facing when approaching um, U.S. accounting, given that it can vary according to industry and maybe has a little bit more nuance than people perhaps think of? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think one of the big things is ensuring that you have tax compliance and tax tax planning, which again, isn't it, the accounting and tax side of things kind of coincide. But, um, 
You know, I think that's just a major consideration for how you're setting up your entity and, and how you're uh, conducting the business and ensuring your records are accurate so that you can meet reporting timelines because um, reporting compliance is obviously a major factor as well. Uh, and just like I said, the, the 50 states all have their own varying rules and, and making sure that you can comply with all of that. You really have to have your accounting records in order uh, to do so. And, uh, you know, another thing for international firms is, is there some sort of uh, consolidation at the parent company level? Or uh, are you going to have standalone financials that you're reporting here in the U.S.? That's a major consideration and factor um, when you're approaching U.S. accounting. Um, you know, are there invoices that are going to Go, go between uh, a parent company internationally and, and a U.S. subsidiary? Because if so, you know, you need to figure out how you're going to structure that, whether it's like a management fee or, or how it's calculated. It's just it's all important stuff to make sure that the reporting meets guidelines uh, under either U.S. or international rules. Um, foreign currency mm -hmm. transactions, that kind of stuff. Just uh, just making sure that you, you're keeping track of your records appropriately is is very important. So. And of course, um, it's, it's sounding like quite a list of things to keep track of um, and a lot of, you know, um, new, you know, processes and whatnot, particularly for these international companies that are, you know, already focused on their own accounting standards and their, and their home market. Um, and, and that's why service providers uh, such as Adidas exist to help them try to, you know, streamline some of that activity. And of course, it's not uncommon even for small and mid-sized enterprises in the United States to seek the services, um, you know, of a firm that can help guide them on the accounting side uh, because it can be so, um, you know, onerous for them uh, in terms of their administrative functions within the business. So I'd be curious if you could kind of talk through some of the services that Avidas can provide to help streamline the back office from an accounting perspective to these firms. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's why we're here, right? That's, that's, the big thing is is we want to be able to provide the that uh, insight and assistance and and really the great thing about the way Avidas has structured their services in particular with the accounting services is it's it's extremely customizable. I mean we have the ability to to come in and assist a client for an hour or two a month just to be there to uh, be a sounding board and and answer any questions that somebody might have, but. Uh, you know, we can also go as robust to uh, providing all of their accounting services and, and keeping track of all of their books and financial reporting. And, uh, you know, just to give you an idea of some of those service levels uh, and some of the items that we do is is definitely help out on the front end with making sure that, the, uh, you know, there's an accounting software to keep track of all of the transactions and uh, setting up a general ledger and chart of accounts that, that properly reflects uh, what type of business and industry they're in. Um, you know, we assist with document storage, um, with reconciliation of all balance sheet accounts on a periodic, typically a, a monthly basis. Um, we assist with recording all cash and credit card transactions and uh, posting accounts payable and vendor payments uh, in addition to automating those accounts payable processes. Typically, we, we can get them in a system that uh, really makes it to where there's not a lot of data entry, which the more data entry you end up with, the more uh, subject you are to error. So we really try to automate as many process 
processes as we can. Um, and then, you know, we'll post customer sales receipts and invoices and customer deposits and payments. Um, we, we try to review and reconcile uh, sales to uh, if there's like a third party point of sales system uh, that a lot of companies will, will have. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll, we'll help put together uh, financial statements like balance sheets and profit and loss or income statements, uh, you know, make sure we're reviewing and reporting those appropriately. And uh, cash flow reporting, we file year-end 1099 forms, uh, which again, if, if you're not familiar with U.S. Uh, rules and regulation, that's one thing that it's, it's a year-end form you have to file uh, for all vendor payments that you make that, that uh, fall above a certain threshold and based on the type of expense category it is. But again, those are things that, that we provide in the, with accounting services. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, a lot of clients will, will like us to perform some more, uh, some high-level services that, you know, we'll do like a quarterly review of their financial statements and try to see how they're benchmarking against any sort of industry trends or provide any sort of assistance that we think we can uh, help out with in regards to, uh, maybe they're spending too much money in a certain area or uh, can help focus their business in other areas. But just any way we can help out a business from an accounting perspective and, and helping uh, someone read and understand their financials is, is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Very, very comprehensive. That's quite a, a long list of different elements, but it seems, as you've described, a tremendous amount of uh, flexibility because of course, uh, every company is different, which is what makes this job fun. Uh, I know it's the case of, of me sitting here and working with a number of different types of companies across the UK. They all approach this differently under different stages of their journey. I trust similarly for you that, um, you know, it's always kind of a client-by-client client basis in, in terms of understanding what they have in place, what they need help with, and what's the best plan forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it does, it definitely varies as far as, uh, you know, you know what we typically see are companies that will come in and they'll want to do some of the more basic things at first, like maybe we'll help them out with their their cash and their credit card reconciliations uh, and, and help them put together their monthly financial statements uh, and, and provide some assistance with a few basic things. And, and typically what will occur is they see the value add of those types of services and they figure out, well, how can we leverage Avitas more and uh, get them more involved in our processes? So we really then start to, to add on in some areas, help them automate some processes, uh, improve, improve some workflows and, and just kind of go, go from there and add on services as, as we go. Yeah, that's kind of a nice segue into my next question, which was along those same lines. You know, are do you find clients are, are coming in a number of different routes or that they generally start with help in one particularly particular area and then kind of add on service from there as they grow? Is there kind of a normal progression across the client relationship, would you say? Yeah, like I said, it, it, typically they'll start off with some more basic services and, and do that for maybe four to six months uh, and then... Uh, typically we start adding on things like reconciling more of their accounts, um, trying to find software solutions, third-party applications that will feed into their accounting software uh, to just really help automate things and, and streamline uh, you know, their accounting functions uh, so that they can get reporting done uh, more timely and accurately. Now for a quick break. 
This week's top tip for the U.S. market is brought to you by Allison Stewart Allen, co-author of Working with Americans, the first ever business manual exclusively about U.S. business culture. One of the top tips for working with Americans is uh, being very aware of the bottom line. So you'll need to be prepared to quickly provide some specific information about your products, your services, including the prices. Uh, You'll need to uh, arrange your material, your story, uh, your facts in a fairly straightforward and simple way. You know, can you distill your presentation into just a one-page executive summary? Thanks, Allison. Our listeners can visit the book's website, workingwithamericans.com, to download two free chapters and claim a 20% discount on ordering the book until December 31st, 2020, with the code WWA20. And you've mentioned a couple of times uh, uh, so far about, you know, kind of different software packages um, that perhaps you all might be able to integrate with or might, you know, recommend or, or something to that effect. Could you speak a little bit more about what you all, what you tend to see when working with SME clients and maybe what would be needed, um, you know, here from an accounting perspective, which could be new information or something that our international clients may or may not be familiar with? Uh, so, so from a software perspective, you know, typically what we have seen uh, in it, it's pretty adaptable to different industries is uh, QuickBooks. So a lot of our clients here in the U.S. will use QuickBooks online or QuickBooks desktop. Uh, we prefer online because it's just it's a little more user-friendly for us and the clients. Uh, I know there's a lot of international companies that use a software program called Xero, uh, which is pretty user-friendly and intuitive. Uh, so, you know, be- between those soft, those, those kind of core, your core accounting software tools, you really look for uh, applications that might be uh, specific to an industry. What, let's say you're using, uh, you have a construction company and you need to do some job costing. There's some uh, out-of-the-box applications that you can use that, that really help you capture your costs, uh, you know, via jobs. You can kind of really see each job and how, how they're performing in order to uh, really manage your business more on a granular level and, and realize what things are, are making you money and, and what areas aren't. Uh, so it's just really understanding the business, what, what the needs are, and then kind of finding the accounting processes and softwares that, uh, that can match uh, what you need to get out of the system and, and what you need to report on. And it sounds like as well, I mean, you know, I think we have a number of clients that might approach us and, of course, they want to be, you know, um, take on as much as they can that makes sense for them. And they might already have, you know, a, a, a financial, you know, director or team members, which to a certain extent, you know, feel comfortable handling um, the initial maybe setup of the accounting and the chart of accounts in the U.S. But as you said, um, they would also have the option to just come in for a quarterly review of finances just to be sure they're on the right track. And I guess that's perhaps indicative of the type of flexibility that you all have and, and the ultimate goal to just be sure that people are staying on the right track. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And and you're correct that we do have uh, our, our client base really does have a variety in the, the level of uh, accounting knowledge is and counting knowledge in-house. Uh, they do, a lot of people do have in-house uh, accounting managers or directors uh, that are very knowledgeable, but still, I mean, they, they, you get spread in, in many different areas, obviously, when you're working for a business. Uh, and, you know, there's just, there's always 
there's always room for having some assistance uh, when it comes to accounting because it seems as though each day it only becomes more and more complex. It's, it seems to be a really hard industry to simplify things. I, kn I know they've made strides over the years to try to, to uh, like we talked about kind of on the front end, do a lot of merging between U.S. GAAP and IFRS uh, reporting standards to help simplify things. But you know, we're just not there and it's been years. So uh, I, I just see a continued path of, of complexity when it comes to accounting and, and the utilization of someone that's that's doing it on a day-to-day -day basis for multiple industries and multiple clients just is, there's a lot of benefit to add there. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned, you know, some of the year-end filings that maybe, um, someone who's coming from the UK or elsewhere may not be familiar with in the US market. You mentioned, for example, you know, the, the 1099. Are there any other kind of um, filings that are specific to this market from an accounting perspective that you get a lot of questions on or um, just, you know, that you could enlighten our listeners about? Yeah, you know, f from an accounting perspective, you know, it's mostly we're kind of on the side of ensuring that we have complete and accurate financial information uh, in order to use for various filings that you might have. So obviously, if you're a public company, there's some extremely robust reporting requirements on quarterly basis, on uh, a when something occurs, you have to report it within a specific time. Uh, obviously, you have uh, you know quarterly financials and, and quarterly uh, your annual financials that have to go out by a reporting deadline. But but really, for, from our perspective. Uh, it's just making sure that we have that financial information prepared so that you can meet all of those various, uh, you know, tax reporting requirements that you have for income tax, sales tax, uh, property tax, things like that, without the, that, the complete and accurate financial information on a periodic basis. You just, you can't report those things accurately or timely uh, and meet those deadlines. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the big thing for us. Yeah, really going hand in hand there, and uh, which is why this is such a nice kind of um, partner episode to our upcoming episode on tax. Um, because I think when our listeners are listening into that, they're going to think, "Oh, now I, I, I'm you know recalling what Andrew was saying about being sure that every you know your your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted um, from an accounting perspective, and it makes all the rest of it quite streamlined." Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I wanted to, to pick your brain a little bit more, Andrew, just in terms of, you know, why do you think it's essential for international firms to seek guidance on setting up their, their U.S. accounting? You know, how can that really impact their scale up in the market if they get it wrong? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of the things we've discussed uh, already, uh, you know, there's just ensuring that you're you're in compliance with different reporting standards especially with the complexity of reporting that exists here in the states uh, is, is just a major reason to ensure you have uh, strong accounting procedures and processes in place uh, you know and to to get to the question about how to help scale you know really when you're dealing with uh, financial data that's that's complete it's accurate uh, it's consistent and and you're receiving that timely. If if you yourself as a business owner or if you have somebody that can assist you in analyzing that data and, and it, really that's that's where you get the value add with strong accounting is that you can use those figures to not only see 
where you've been uh, as a business and, and where your areas of profitability might be. But really, that then helps you drive to where you want to go and how you can grow your business and scale. Uh, but ha- you really have to have that strong platform uh, and base of, of accurate numbers and accounting records uh, to, to see what's going on. Because if, if your data is off, then you're going to be misled and you're going to make poor business decisions. Uh, so really just, just make that effort uh, to, to have strong accounting records to help see what your business is doing and where you think it's going to go in the future. I think that's a really important point because, you know, so many of our listeners, they're, you know, they're, they're seeing dollar signs. They're thinking that, you know, um, I've got a big CapEx here to go to the U.S. market. It's a big decision for our company. Um, and they need to be sure that every pound or every dollar um, counts and that they understand where it's going and that there's an ROI on that. And that's exactly what good accounting gets you, right, is um, giving you the, the power within the data to know that, your, your strategy is sound and that, um, that ultimately you're set up in that way for success. Yep. That, that's exactly right. Yep. Well, I think, um, you know, we're really only scratching the surface here, right, Andrew. Uh, it's a very complex topic, um, though you, you've made it quite an engaging one, as you said you would. Um, but unfortunately, we are approaching the end of this week's episode, which means it's time for our America Made Easy Wise Words segment where we'd ask for any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with, maybe something we didn't cover on this topic um, that you'd like to address now? You know, I I think the big takeaway for me when, uh, if I were putting myself in the shoes of an international company looking to do business in the U.S., uh, from an accounting perspective, you know, I I think the real thing is, uh, trust the professionals that are that are here in the U.S. market and have the understanding of of how to navigate the complexities because it's uh, it's ever changing, it's ever dynamic. So just coming in to try to uh, get an idea of of what all the rules and regulations are is is just a it's a huge challenge, and uh, it, it's likewise for a U.S. company going abroad, but. But really, it's it's there's just so many rules and regulations that that make it hard to navigate. And so uh, my takeaway is is trust in those professionals that have experience in the market, uh, and and really uh, just understand that if you go at it alone and you try to uh, navigate these rough waters, you really put yourself in a position where you're subject to lots of penalties and, and fines for, for not meeting uh, deadlines and not meeting reporting requirements that, that put your business at a disadvantage against your competitors uh, who are understanding the, the regulations and complexities of the market. Uh, so again, the, the better you can have your accounting records uh, complete and accurate, the, the better you can run your business and uh, be in compliance with all the complexities over here in the States. And, and uh, you know, Avidis is set up to want to help you navigate those, those difficulties and, and get you through it where you can just focus on uh, growing your business and, and spending your time with more valuable uh, stuff that's going to drive revenue and, and save costs and not worry about all this the accounting headache that goes with it. So that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that is an excellent summary. Of course, here on the America Made Easy podcast, we're trying to 
share knowledge about all the opportunity to bring on people as an extension of their team and to bring on the expertise to help navigate uh, through these, these choppy waters, as you so eloquently described. So, um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your expertise. It's been really fun to speak with you. Yep, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it and hope you have a wonderful remainder of your day. You've been listening to the America Made Easy podcast with me, Morgan Pierstorff. My guest this week was Andrew Miller. This podcast is produced and edited by Morgan Pierstorff and Rob Eastman in partnership with Newable Avitas. You'll find links to more information on this week's episode and how America Made Easy can help your business in the notes section of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and introduce a friend. You can also write to us at americamadeeasy at newable.co.uk. Thanks for listening.